You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Hello, everyone. I know you've been waiting for a very long time to be involved with all of the amazing things that we're doing at Rare Drop, and now is the time. We are introducing the Rare Drop Patreon, so if you've ever wanted to get involved with experimental content or being at any of our podcasts early to listen in, well, all of that is available in the new Rare Drop Patreon. Check it out. All right, everyone. Hello. Welcome to Broman Podcast, episode one, two, three. Wow, really? That's really? Seriously? Episode 123, okay. 2020 recap with Kevin Murray and Sim Havlock, CEO and CTO of Rare Drop. And I'm Ben, Professor Broman. I'm CMO at Rare Drop. Hi, what's up? So, like, we, 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 just an introduction, we didn't have, uh, like, like, we were, like, I've been really busy and fucking doing lots of shit. And I wasn't really paying attention yeah. to my schedule. And Kevin's like, hey, this is the last opportunity to do this of the year. Do you want to do something? And I was like, fuck, uh, yes, but I don't know what. And he's like, why don't we just get together to talk about what it's like having businesses during a pandemic? And I said, okay. So that's what we're going to talk about. During Starting businesses, yeah. too. Um, <laughs> yes, it's been a it's been a wild year. And uh, and so, you know, we've. We've talked. To, you've you've gotten to see like a lot of the things happening while they're happening, but we thought like we talk about some more things in detail, some more whatever you know. Oh, I gotta keep. I gotta move Kevin again. I don't know, Kevin's like sinking down there. I don't know. I mean, okay. to sit up. Like, no, 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 no. Your camera. Can I don't know. I think I just cropped your camera like garbage. So just let me fucking. Uh, I'll work on it. You saw so, us together last night. No, no. we weren't together last night. No. Maybe you saw Snapdragon, Charlie, and God, that was so much fun. And meat. That was yeah. Great. You definitely saw Snapdragon, Charlie, and meat. That's that. So yeah, that was that was cool. I mean, that's something that we started. We started a Patreon this year, which is something we talked about doing for a long time. Why? So I guess to start, why did we start the Patreon, Ben? I ben. wanted you- I I wanted to provide a place. For people to interact with our content on a more meaningful way, um, and and you know we kicked around an idea for ideas for like a year about how we could do this, um, and it just like it always entailed extra work, and then I had this concern that it would fizzle out. So we were like, okay, well, like what if we do Patreon? Like everybody says they want to invest in the company, so what if we built a Patreon around like okay, well like here's what's going on behind the scenes, like here's a, just like a little bit more information about everything, things that that we don't want to talk about on stream because you know what business advice chat can be like. Um, you got to see business advice chat live on Twitter with Pete. Oh my God, that was so good from King's Coast, King Shipping Logistics guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh so God. so you know it's it's been it's been really fun. And uh, so we've been doing that and, and we wanted to put, you know, exclusive and experimental or experimental content on there first, because if we have a little bit of extra production budget, we can do fun stuff. And if we feel like it reads well on Patreon, we can bring it out and make it like a, a classic standardized show. Like, I'm not kidding. The the D&D Christmas Carol campaign is probably one of the most fun things I've ever done. It was more fun for me than when I just sat there and got drunk off my ass for four hours for my Christmas special. So like, which is like, that's, it's a hard bar to beat. Um, <laughs> so that was, you know, that was, that was kind of why I felt like it was just, it was just an opportunity. 
Wait, what? Oh, I did come over to your house you after that. House. That was great. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's that's why we did. That's why we got that started. Um, and it's been fun so far. It was a little yeah, bit of a, a a panicked launch uh, behind the scenes, Patreon, but we got there. Thing, yes, it was. <laughs> one thing with Patreon was, uh, you know, when when we started everything, and you'll really get probably the scope of what this looks like. Uh, when we started everything, it was based on GCX. That's that was our identity, which at the time was GuardianCon. Yeah, uh, in, actually, in between, it was in between DCC and GuardianCon. Um, so our identity was wrapped up into that. And as we grew and we did more and we, you know, explored more avenues, the company became this, as everyone I talked to, they, they describe us as like a squid or an octopus. The multi, multi-headed beast is another thing I've heard. Because <laughs> uh, when I give oh, everyone the, the full lo- loadout of like, this is who we are and this is what we do. There's always something. It usually ends with, yeah, and it usually ends with, oh, we own a coffee company too. Um, uh, so for Patreon specifically, though, we looked at it as a, opportunity for new adventures and new ideas to fund themselves if that makes sense yeah because the hardcore people that want to support that will and will use that money directly to invest yeah. in like that, along with our money don't get me wrong like yeah. we're taking company money to do this but yeah specifically but look, from a financial yeah. standpoint like if we got to if we got to like ten thousand dollars a month on patreon like we would be doing wild. some wild ass uh yeah first off jump out of a plane or first off stuff there oh fuck yeah jump out of a plane we could we could fucking all take a day off go jump out of a plane and learn how to do group skydiving maneuvers yeah Yeah. tim (laughs) and i could go try and do one day of hell week with navy seals oh tim's like that's exciting and i'm like that's a heart attack that'd be cool tim fucking tim and even even as you scale though too it's it's you know, your costs rise as well. So you're looking yeah. at, okay, if we're going to do things like jump out of a plane, we're going to need more than just Paul booking the appointment and, you know, yeah. coming to film it. Yeah. It's, you need more, you need more staff. I, you need the ability to grow that. So as it grows and the finances go up, so will the expenses. And that's kind of what people, people assume when you're doing a Patreon, two things. One, oh, they're not making enough money. So this is how they're going to do it. No, yeah. that is usually not the case. Uh, two, that's what I learned. Um, from like just yeah. to like take a moment to stop there like that's what i thought when patreon first came out because i'm sure. a cynical stubborn angry son of a bitch uh with new ideas sometimes i'm like i don't fucking understand this so i hate it which is you know something i've been working on this year but like i saw patreon and i thought oh well it's like you don't have enough and then when we approached it when we saw game devs using it we watched like people like no clip and like all these other folks that are using it to literally like give the world important information about the gaming space, I thought, oh wow, like this is this is just like a legitimate like fund fund my cool content, and if enough people want to see it, they'll pay. Right. Um, and so, and so that is like, like like I don't know. I just I thought it was really cool. It changed my mind. So I just I wanted to say shout out to the no clip people because watching. Watching their documentary about Warframe while I was up in um, in Canada for like the, the Tenocon, I think, uh, like it changed my whole perspective about what you could do with Patreon because I was enjoying something that wouldn't exist if other people hadn't paid for it. Right. Patreon's almost like, uh, and this was my second point, almost like an investment uh, or an angel investment into something you really enjoy. Yeah. Because you know you're not going to recoup that investment financially. Directly, yeah. 
Right, but you'll recoup it in other ways, and you're giving it to people that you obviously trust. Anyone to do something with it, effective and creative, and whatever the Patreon may be, it could be a million things. Anyone that watched last night, what was the question that I kept asking chat? We didn't talk to chat a lot, but I kept asking you, "Do you feel like this is worth your money?" I really need you to fucking tell me whether or not this is worth it, because if it's not, I want to make it better for you. You know, like that's like I really want you to feel like, wow, like what this was. This was valuable for me. Like this was a uh, worth worth my time. I yeah. feel like last night was was uh you know it's easy for the three of us who have been doing this for as long as we have to get caught up with numbers and to yeah. look at viewer count, but you oh. really have to take into account here that people paid for a personal experience. Right. Oh yeah. And that's what we were providing. It was so was cool. Intimate, you know, very small, very centered experience. And they're going to tell other people about it, and other people are going to see it afterwards. Yeah. When we debut it on Christmas Day. Christmas Day. And oh, we're announcing that. Cool. Christmas Day. And live. <laughs> live right now. Live <laughs> announcement. That's right. Did you miss Rare Drops oh. of Christmas Carol Adventure? Well, guess what? After you hit the vape and get ready for Christmas, you're going to find out exactly <laughs> what happened when the Rare Drop team decided that they wanted to help Ebenezer Scrooge not be such a son of a bitch. That's right. It's Christmas Day. Kick your family out of your house and sit there on your phone and laugh yeah, while they're outside. Watch, watch together. Watch. watch together, like Tim said. That's what I said. Tiny Tim. Rare drop role love- play. Hit the vape. Hit the vape. Take on Tiny Tim was really good. Yes. Uh, the, the shitty. Yeah. No. Like I, the the experimental content, I think, is what I'm most excited uh, for, just to see like what what we can do. You know, what what do people like? And it challenges your create your creativity. It does because we are. Always, it's funny because all three of us in different ways are responsible for creative. Uh, well, not so much me anymore, but creative creativity in your own businesses, and then you have to yeah. bring another level of it to Rare Drop, and then on top of that, you know, we're asking you now to even go a level deeper. So it really does challenge you to come up with ideas. Um, and, and I've noticed something about that too is when you come up with ideas, it's usually not when you're trying to come up with the idea yeah yep it's you know for this one it was me scrolling on facebook and i got the ad for the kickstarter for you know the the <laughs> stop lich scrooge from <laughs> yeah like, that's how this started what? you got an, a facebook ad because you were looking for you were looking for star wars you're looking for star wars dnd and so you got that one probably yeah that's probably how, sure they, that's how you got that and, ad yeah and what's crazy about that is if we wouldn't have had patreon running Kevin would have scrolled right past that and it would have been like, that'd be neat. But we already have all of our content scheduled for this part of the year. But since we had Patreon, all three of us could take an evening off doing normal stuff and make something together because it felt like it feels valuable. Like people are trusting us. And like, I'm like, oh, my God, you gave me money. Oh, shit. I better fucking make sure you laugh your ass off. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of it's more. it's, it's, It's a lot of pressure. It feels it's different. Yeah, it's like it's different. Like when you first I, get partnered, it does feel that like, way. You have like you have like a, a, a small group of subscribers. Like I've got to keep them happy, and I've got to make sure that everything's good, and play play games with them all the time. Yes, yes. You know, it's like that stuff. You know, like that's that's kind of what it feels like again. Baby streamers all over again. Babis streamers. It does feel that way. It's fun. So Patreon's been dope. Funded some so new stuff. Good, yeah. What else we got going on? Obviously, uh, GCX didn't happen. No, that was hard. No. That was that was the probably one of the most difficult things I think we've had to do. 
yeah, that is like is like cure it, like you know, like read over those multiple iterations of of uh, the cancel. Hey, we're not do yeah. Of, hey, we're not doing this this year. It was tough. That was really be, hard. It became such a a sure thing in my life, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, like this every happens year, every year. Had, I mean, like we had it all planned out already. Like we already were starting to like plan it. We had floor plans ready to go, and we had vendors. We yeah, were we had vendors. We had like hotel rooms. Like I mean, everything was like all all green light across. We the found board. the perfect venue. Oh god! Finally that, got I mean, the space it, it that we needed. The perfect venue. Oh, hundred percent. But so. it, it it just hurt because we finally yeah. like settled found, on it. We found a home. Yeah. And you know, and even yeah. them, I I feel bad for them because. Uh, hurt too. Oh, hurting big time. But you know, I got to meet with Mr. Rosen afterwards, and he was yeah. nothing but nice and saying he's fortunate enough to keep his space because he owns it. He, it's not mortgaged or anything, so yeah. he's been able to keep his employees working. Even though the the re the restaurant, the hotel's been closed since April. That like was that, something yeah. that was yeah. so amazing about getting a chance to talk to him was like after he explained that and then like you it was fucking nuts. He has like this guy has what 6000 employees in like a fucking school. Like he has so many yeah, people he that are he is directly responsible for. And to hear like the pain in his voice that he couldn't keep everyone on because he felt like personally he he wasn't being creative enough to like find improvements that they could mm -hmm. be doing around the hotels like he took personal responsibility for not being able to keep every single person on during a pandemic and i was yeah i get chills talking about it like he's such an incredibly dedicated guy and then to have somebody like that come to us and say thank you for bringing you know your event here we appreciate it um it was it was awesome it was an amazing call to be on i felt bad I for uh, about that <laughs> i felt bad for jabaley because he had no choice but to hold his event in, I think it was May, one of the CEO events. Yeah. Mm. Because so people people always rush to the conclusion that you just say, okay, the event's canceled. That's it. It's all done. That's what I used to think. They don't understand contract law. They don't understand force majeure. They don't understand all of these other factors, acts of God, all yeah. of these terms that go into contract negotiation when you book a venue. Um, you can't just say, oh, the event's canceled. Sorry. Goodbye. Have a nice day. So Javeli had to literally hold the event so he did not go bankrupt and could then in the future hold more CEO events when it was safe. And people were treating him like absolute dog shit online because he was, you know, being unsafe. But he literally was saying, I have to open. I have to do this. And I have to issue all of these refunds. And people are attacking me on top of it. I felt terrible for him and, and I feel bad for people that that have well, to be put in those situations. And and then, you know, the Internet, the collective culture that is that knows and is all knowing is, oh, well, you're endangering the lives of people. No, dude, like if I don't do this, I can't eat through this pandemic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Or or yeah. Like and if if I mean, we we had we had a few months where it was like you're going to have to figure out how to do something like that was, yeah. you know, like, like the fact that we ultimately didn't have an event at all. There was a couple of months where it looked like we were not going to be able to find a sort of legal compromise to, to break the agreement and make everybody happy. Um, and I so had, we I were trying to figure out like how, like Kevin was sitting down, like, didn't you and Pete like draw a whole floor plan where there was six foot distance between absolutely fucking everybody on the yeah. floor, like crazy shit. Yeah, I've never I've never been put in a situation where I had to 
plan a socially distanced event, plan a regular event, and plan how to get out of. You know, <laughs> plan to cancel it too, all at the yeah. same time. Which is, by and the way, how everybody is planning everything right now. Yes, pretty yeah, much. And, and only and, instead of not happening, that's moved to online. Right. Which we can, I mean, like, and that was that was the one thing that we tried doing, like, right off the start was like, what would an online event look like? And even then, like, that's a like that's a whole nother mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Commit. The problem with that was, you know, our relationships within the industry are good, but they're not game awards good. Yeah, it's not Jeff. Right, yeah. So trying to secure people to come on board to be a part of that online event we tried to do i'm talking about outside of the panels and stuff we did when we tried to do the two-hour right. showcase with full set, yeah yeah the reason we canceled it, it was because everyone that wanted to be a part of it didn't end up buying in you know mm. i had i had nothing i went from well potential hour and a half to i think i had 20 minutes of programming by the time all was said and done yeah the hardest part was when we started inquiring as well as like it was a weird time because nobody knew what was going on we don't know right. if anyone will be allowed to travel during that period of time and, and we would yeah, love and to send somebody however our our parent company decided that we're not having any travel until the end of 2021 like yeah these were the answers we were getting on these phone calls like two days before the news was you know announcing you know x companies keeping everybody home for y time yeah I felt like we were kind of ahead of the curve, like as far as like the overall mentality of pivoting to digital show, because mm -hmm. after like a month or two of like when we started like really brainstorming this, then we started to see like the EAs and the Bethesdas and like everyone started to do their online, online showcases, Yes, you know, either, you know, leading up to like normal E3 time. And so like even then, like the entire timing is weird when it came to just overall announcements. We saw multiple announcements throughout the year from Xbox. Uh, we had many, many game like new games just announcing on their own not using any type of of panel or uh showcase which seemed to backfire for a lot of them to be honest. yeah it was just weird like this entire year was weird everybody everybody was trying to do something new well, yeah, well, a, well for some a... people it wasn't new for other people that it was very new sure and and there were you know there were some really cool stuff and some missteps absolutely um but yeah like what everybody suddenly having to like Hey, how can you build a streaming studio in one day? We need to announce our AAA game. Yeah. Like somebody somebody at these companies got that task, you know? Like the things things are nuts. Yeah. And yeah, then even was, trying uh... to put together an online event that's all online takes a lot of effort. Like we do that every year with the marathon, right? Um you know, that's what started like <laughs> that's what was the like kind of the mandated necessity of and starting up the company. Mm -hmm. It was already online. Like that was yeah. already established. The, you know, the, the 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 rule book was already there. So it's be rewritten. No, yeah. So that was just the same. And we were like, okay, we're gonna lean into this. Um, and it went awesome. I mean, we raised six million dollars by the end of the marathon this year, which was super, super cool. Um, and honestly, given the circumstances, we were able to put more into the marathon because we weren't I agree so much planning more. another event. So you know, the first marathon that I didn't go to the hospital right afterwards. <laughs> we dedicated more <laughs> funds to, you know, things to help the marathon and to improve. It was the first year we were able to utilize Max to, yeah. you know, create some kick-ass assets instead right. of a outsourcing. You know, it's one thing to outsource, especially when it comes to video stuff, but to have your in-house person be able to turn assets around, you know, within 10, 15 minutes on a quick little clip. 
rather than saying, Hey, I hope you're not busy, but, um, it was, uh, it was, it was this year's marathon. I think in a non COVID world, if we use the resources we had, I truly believe we could have broke 7 million. Um, you know, a lot of the spending was frozen for a lot of people because the future was very uncertain. (laughs) Yep. Um, you know, we had more companies that we were talking to that, that were going to make donations in conjunction with participation of the live event. Mm -hmm. Right. And we didn't, that didn't happen, you know, because everyone pulled out. They had, they had no idea what was going to happen. So, um, yeah, I think in a non COVID world and us putting all everything we put into it this year, we would have uh, went over 7 million, but it also taught me, you know, if we can afford it and we can make it happen, perhaps a dedicated staff to the marathon while the me's and, you know, the Alex's perhaps are working on physical event, especially if they're that close again, oh, maybe yeah. that's the future. And maybe that's how we operate. Maybe I don't even look at the, the marathon over the next five years because I'm too busy with the physical, you know, it raises those questions and that's, you know, when the three of us sit down in a boardroom meeting and we're like, okay, what are we going to do here? These are the things we discuss and we mull over and we make pros and cons yeah. on the cool glass that we, we have in our conference room. Do we want to take uh do we want to take the small business moment and bitch about the uh, pay payment protection plan loans? <laughs> yeah. Do we feel yeah. like we need to take a moment for oh that? My God, I feel dude. like that's, I, I mean, it's that 2020 and if Holy we don't, crap. if we don't record, whether or not we got one um, and then what news story we were reading when we realized how fucked the whole situation was. Okay. So we didn't get one for any of our companies. We didn't get any money. <laughs> not one all. for Kings coast. No, we got PPs. Do we get for Kings coast? Oh, we did. Yeah, we got it. We, it took we didn't five get time. Okay. I was King's like, coast, so we didn't we get it, it until like the fifth round of applications. <sighs> no, it took three Jesus. times for rare drop and five times for Kings coast to get oh, it. Oh my God. Which we got think it. Kings Coast would get it over Rare Drop before. No, yeah. Rare Drop. Yeah, Rare Drop was was. Uh, I tried to do it on my own through I forget who. It ended up going through our bank because I had to include our business banker in it because the way I was doing it wasn't working, and he managed to finagle it. I don't know how. And then with Kings Coast, it wouldn't even work with our bank for some reason. As uh, SBA kept coming back and saying no, and we had to go through one of our credit cards, our our business corporate cards to get it for king's coast and i still don't know why i couldn't tell you to this day but you know these companies that got freaking oh, go ahead ben you you were gonna say one of them i believe oh no well i mean well like oh man well the the i when i realized that the whole thing was super fucked was when like we found out that the guy crashed his recently bought two million dollar lamborghini down here in florida the one that he that got a two million dollar payment you got a $2 million payment protection plan loan and bought a Lamborghini with it. And then it got reclaimed. And then it got reclaimed. And then he, yeah. and then he went to jail. <laughs> like, it's I nuts, mean, people, people are getting coming all over the place. There's athletes that were getting them. Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady got one. Talk about Tampa Brady, bud. Tampa Brady. I mean, as much as, yeah, our, as fucking much as smile. Look at that smile. <laughs> Oh, it's within arm's reach now. That's good to know. Uh, Allie demanded that I look at some of the stretching. Look at that man. Look at that oh absolute gosh, piece look at, look of... At that, look at that That monster. manly form. Look at that stretch. Hang on. Let me try and find another. you got a lot of close-ups of his face in here. I need to... Okay, hang on. Yeah. There you go. This is contemplative, Tom. This look is when he that. needs to think about something. This is what he's doing. <laughs> 
Oh good old Tom, good old Tampa Bay. Oh man. Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that was what yeah, I so, found out. So, um, so Tom Brady's company received nine hundred sixty thousand dollars, uh, in a PPP loan. Just throwing it out there. They did. Is that wild? That's Just nuts. for reference, too, both both PPP loans that we got for both companies did not even equate to a hundred grand. Yeah, we didn't even get a hundred. Both of them combined. I'm just just referencing all of that here, make Trevor. Almost a million dollars. There was a there was a, a fake uh, Christian ministry in Orlando that I read about this morning that they basically propped it up, faked the payroll, got the money, and now the FBI can't find them. Wow. Wow. The address is wow. the address. The website leads to all dead links. Like it's com- it was completely That's a crazy. scam. My, and my mom, it was like four million bucks or something. My mom has a like a, a high up position in a Florida bank, and that's all she was doing for the first like half of the year was just PPP loans. And she said that process was terrible. So I don't know how these people are getting away with that stuff. It's insane. It was terrible. I mean, it was supposed to be for small businesses, not these huge corporate. But it's almost like it's almost like the concept that if you just put money out on the table, that there are actually greedy people that are just going to go and grab it and not leave it for the rest of the businesses to get. Weird concept, right? Unbelievable. I would have rather jumped through hoops for the money we got to make sure that other businesses could get what what they needed. Yeah. Because I'll I'll tell you this. We needed that loan because my goal through all of this was to make sure we didn't fire anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That was my goal. That's all you wanted to do. I was like, I will skate. Like We have people who moved here to work for us. I'm not going to fucking let those people not eat. And we, we, as owners from the owner level, we suspended any money we would receive from any business we did on the owner level for the entire year. We said, nope, we're we're not going to take anything because we're going to make sure that these people are taken care of. Um, And we did that and we were able to save them. But that PPP loan was a bridge to where we would get to at the end of the year when we could do more and create the funds to like bounce back, which I guess we'll get to as we go along here. But that was super important for us. That money saved our ass. Because the other problem is, is yes, I have all your ticket money sitting in a bank account. Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to go in there and start spending it. And then when GCX finally rolls around, go, well, you guys, uh, you could have these these lawn chairs over here because uh, it's your your pool noodles and a beach ball. I, yeah, go have fun. I spent all the money. <laughs> like the GCX, I have to be ready for that. So there was full disclosure, no bullshit, everything on the table. There was a moment somewhere in the middle of the year where I was doing the math, saying, "If we don't have X." I will have to refund all the tickets and we will be left over with X, which is not even enough to get through a month of business. I remember that. Yeah, that was scary. That was, that was a very real two yeah. weeks of conversations between us. And it was very terrifying to have everything that we've ever built. I gave up so much to do this. Tim moved here. Ben moved here technically to what would become this. Yeah. Like I moved here because there was good internet and eight percent taxes and a good bud. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so ben was fine. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. But yeah, that was uh that was that was pretty scary. And then this yeah, goddamn house ruined the internet part. 
<laughs> you bastard house! Put your hands up! That's when I... That's when I tried to steal my own house from itself. It was a very wow. weird moment yeah. on stream. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't move King's Ghost down there. King's no. Ghost isn't going anywhere. No, it's, no. I was going to say, that's going to stay there. Its yeah. identity is tied to Long Island. Um, yes. Yeah, we, can, we can talk about that at some point. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about King's Ghost. King's Ghost is having a banner year. Absolutely. How crazy is that? How, how crushing the company it. blows up during a pandemic. Inadvertently, we managed to be ready for this situation yeah. not on purpose obviously but that's something that we learned very early on is that when you are a physical space based company right when you are you're, you have a door you walk through it you have items on a shelf that is how you make your dollar when those people try to pivot to a online service they get completely swamped the people who are already online already making sales already had those connected customers that were constantly going back and forth to the the, the landing site were the ones that came out on top yeah. every i feel like almost everybody who pivoted to an online sales model they fell apart and so like, you, we had or, yeah. we'd already set ourselves up for success years in advance because we were the reverse we were the the it's almost like um you know the comic book stores that have the insane online business but they have anyway the front of house that you can walk in somewhere and buy the comic yeah but that's not what's paying their bills it's the dude in 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 england that's you know paying premium price to buy superman one pay the shipping and you know it's all preserved and what that's what's paying their bills it's not the storefront yeah. where you walk in and you know all of the people that want to talk to you about why Read all the know. comics for free, spit on them, devalue them, and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something there's something special about having a physical space, even if you are online. Even if if 99 yeah. percent of your total sales are done online, having a physical space for you to be able to have that person like that personal experience with people who are local is really important. Like the amount of like local people in Long Island that just see the cafe as like the place to go hang out. People got freaking engaged. In our in our cafe, yeah, like we, you know, yeah. yeah. So like that, and dude. Like, so that, that was such a, a magical moment. It is. I loved it. I mean, it was like, such a 2020 win for me. It was like 100. percent And to have community outreach is really important. So. Dude, I I love the fact that we have Jack there now, and he got a chance to capture everything. Mm -hmm. Jack is. If you don't know who Jack is, Jack is the new. Uh, he's basically Max in New York. He's their videographer, editor, photographer. And he, they found him on accident. <laughs> he worked yeah. for the printing company that Pete used locally for some things. And Jack has been a godsend. That dude is knows his shit. He's a he's a master with lighting. It's actually and he's young. He's only like twenty four. What's What's cool is is to watch like like Pete and Pete and Wayne had great ideas. I don't ever want to take that away from them. Like they did a really good job. But it's like when you have been taking pictures like with a really crappy cell phone, then you get a DSLR camera and everything looks awesome. Like that was like the transition, like watching like our socials. Yeah. Like how it all changed. Well, like, it was wild. It was like we, night. It was like overnight. We when we started running the socials, like it was Pete and Wayne doing everything. I think I shipped a, a cell phone up there so they would just have like a business phone. Yeah, the Razor phone too that that I got for like an activation. I was like. It's an Android phone, so you're able to sync it to like Google Drive and all that stupid shit. And then you'll just have something that's like neither one of your phones and it's got a good fucking camera and like whatever. 
And to go from like that kind of setup to like Jack coming in with this commercial eye that I cannot fucking believe. And like the he first thing, it. like the Travelers Collective launch video. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm ready. Any, any, any goddamn national treasures in chat, dude? Like anybody <laughs> ready to go find out what's underneath the Statue of Liberty on the other side of uh, what? Declaration of Independence? Got it. That's that's in Philadelphia. Where we were going with that? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what you. That's just what they want you to think. They, them, the Illuminati. Right. Of course. Yes. Yes. That's what Nicholas yeah. Cage told you, right? That's what he told me. But yeah, like they, I mean, even even just like them doing things of just like product pictures with like the colored backgrounds and stuff. Like, and it's super simple. You know, they just have some lighting. They've got you. Know, they've got colored paper, and they're taking pictures of product. But it's all about like the style. He's got that eye, you know, and and that's how you take something from being good to be some being something great is to have that really sexy look whenever you're you're advertising it, whether it's on Instagram or on Facebook or on stream, and he just gets yeah. it. Yeah. And, and they're still like, and what was cool is everyone's like, wow, like, I can't believe you're, you're finally doing this. We've been waiting. Like we have been wanting to do this. Like a lot of this shit has been, has been in the planning phase for like three years. Like the, um, the, the travelers collective idea has been like something that has been like, we have tried to put that together so many different ways with like a roaster box or like an education box, or like all this other stuff. And then, you know, we thankfully we have Pete and Wayne and their genius ideas. And they're like, what if we made it an adventure? And then, of course, everyone loves it. Like, it's like, oh, it's a fucking coffee ARG. That's dope. And then we just went from there. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty, pretty fun to follow that down the rabbit hole. And we're already talking about, you know, cute. Like, Absolutely not. That's going to be fun. So I'm. I'm excited for King's Coast. I'm excited that Wayne gets to get that creative bug out off his shoulder because it's been it's been bothering him. Um, and I'm excited to see what Jack can do and more programs like Travelers Collective. Obviously, Travelers Collective has to run its course and do its thing for I forget what the, the timeline is on it, but it's it's going to be around for a while and it's. I don't know. I think it's one of the coolest things that King's Coast I mean, has we ever got, done. We got rewards going out to two years, so it's at least two years. There you go. Two I mean, years. like you can see that on the website. There's not even like a blow away. Like uh, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to blow any smoke. I'm not out here being a, a smoke guy with the deception. Are you a smoke? I am <laughs> always a smoke. I'm like ninety percent smoke now. That's for those of you listening on audio, that's my Go XLR. That's what you miss by not tuning into streams. Um, <laughs> if you thought I was mature, you made it this far. You've been bamboozled. Dion on Facebook has a uh, has a, a fun question related to King's Ghost. Okay, cool. Okay, can we talk about the Twitter marketing from Kevin? That was a hell of a strat. You know what tweet I'm on about? What did you do? I'm gonna assume you're referring oh, oh, to when oh. I. When I went the Queen's to, Gambit, when I went to bat against all the the stoolies from Barstool Sports, that one. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll take you all through that. That was. I woke up year. and I was like, dude, I I had no idea what was going on. I, I was, was like, was in the middle of stream. I trust the sports people to do this conversation with sports. I'm gonna stay out of it. 
So uh, if you don't know who Dave Portnoy is, he's the guy who started Barstool Sports. He's a very polarizing figure. You either love him or hate him. Um, I respect his business acumen. I wouldn't say he's like my favorite person in the world and I, and I, you know, worship the ground he walks on, but I respect him as a businessman and the things he's done in the movie. He shit on crypto Twitter, so I'm a huge fan. <laughs> Anybody with the balls to do that's insane, so like fucking thumbs up. I mean, it's easy to say stuff like that when you have an army of people behind you. Yeah, um, but when you piss off like boy, the black hat hackers that are just like waiting to get a hold of your Bitcoin address, it's a different game. So they I, scare me. He had put out a thing that said, um, we uh on his podcast, he basically said he was looking for a new banner sponsor because the banner sponsor they had wasn't working out. And he played straight up said, outright yeah. said, and I'll give you all the price because I said it on Twitter. Uh, he said $100,000 all in. I will change your company and I will change your life. So I looked at Kings Coast this year and I said, what did we spend in marketing? Okay, we're not doing uh, this deal that we did last year that cost us roughly half of that. And after Christmas, we were going to have a decent amount of money to invest back into marketing strat. So I turned around. Finally, everybody. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to I'm going to shoot the shot and I'm going to say, OK, this we'll and figure it out. Like, yeah, go for it. So I just sent the email and I was very candid. And I, email. I said I was a no bullshit. Email. I said, look, we're not a bunch of kids that are trying to, you know, I like this. your intro, though. Your intro, Kevin's intro was, you always say on your podcast, shoot your shot. So this is me shooting my shot. And I yeah. thought it was really good. You connected on him at a level that he, you knew, at least I thought he would know you're not bullshitting him. So I sent the email. We didn't hear anything. The next week I heard on the show that he, they had a taser company as the thing. So when I heard it, I immediately went to Twitter and did what I love to do, which is antagonize and bait the person that... that <laughs> screwed me because as you all know king's coast was founded on spite so we will continue the train and keep it rolling uh so i said it and some of the stoolies caught wind of it at first and then i guess dave himself caught wind of it and retweeted it and said what was your offer and then my twitter blew up Oh, I haven't been called a pussy that much since junior high school. So, <laughs> oh my god. It was like a Cobra was, Kai episode. It really was. Uh so I I went in and I was answering some of them and they're like, oh, you know, blah blah blah, shoot your shot. You know, I was doing my thing where I'm an ass and I'm like, hey, you know, the letter K, which is my favorite response is that it. one. It's so good. Uh and um, you know. Somebody said, give us the number. I'm like, did you listen to the episode? Apparently, none of you are true fans because the number was $100,000. That's what he said. A lot of people are saying you got outbid, too. Uh, how is it outbid? There's no bidding if it's a straight cost. No yeah. You can't bid on something you don't know what your competitors are bringing to the table. So that, that didn't exist either. Uh, so um, immediately, this is how the rest of my day went. Uh, let's start with Westwood One reaching out to us. Then it was Sirius XM. Then it was who's the one I like? Uh, the other network. Oh, there's one more. This, this there's one more. I can't remember. Primary Sports One. iHeart. iHeart. It was iHeart. Yeah. yeah. iHeart reached out to us, all with legitimate like, "Hey, we saw Barstool swing and miss with you. We're very interested in your company. Would you like to talk?" Yep. Uh, and I've had meetings with all of them. Which we've been uh, trying to then, get for two years, by the way. Wait, yeah. I got to tell them the best part, okay. guys. Come on. So, yeah, you know okay. the best part. Uh, and then 
I have Dave Portnoy in my DMs it was saying, so good. who did you speak to in my organization? I'm like, nobody. Nobody answered me, but I made the offer that you asked for. He's like, show uh, me the email. This shit was, this email? shit's wild. Can you send me the email? Yeah, what's your email? Gives me his email. I send him the email, and he's like, you sure nobody answered you? Nobody spoke to you? Not a person spoke to me, no. Said, if you're still interested, have your people reach out to me. And he was like, oh, man. He's like, uh, okay, okay, okay. And then I never heard from him again because he's obviously a busy guy, and he has his money for the show. But uh, I guarantee you, regardless of whether he answers me or not, somebody in their marketing department <laughs> is like, who left $100,000 on the table? That's a <laughs> conversation that some poor person is happening or is having with them. Uh, but oops, everyone that was was – on me and, and this is a great lesson in social media you know if you're gonna shoot your shot shoot your shot go for it you know for me it matched my personality i'm kind of an asshole in yeah i wouldn't be able to pull off this strategy that no and you have to go if you're gonna go toe-to-toe with an asshole you have to have the ammo behind it and you have to be ready for the, the gotta have the proof it's storm that's gonna be your inbox that comes along with it uh and i was I was people. People were saying terrible, horrible things about me, and I was screenshotting them and and sending them to everybody in the Kings Coast. We all laughed. My favorite um, was uh, the <laughs> the people that were like, "Oh, you hate veterans." Oh yeah, because oh, I didn't. Pete. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Okay, so <laughs> I didn't even know. they hired. They they ended up going with a, a veteran-owned coffee company whose name will will not be said. Um, they end up going to veteran-owned coffee company, owned, operated. They support veterans. Blah blah blah. Cool, awesome. Definitely support veterans. We're all for it. The thing 100%. is, is when you come at us and talk talk to us about how you know we don't support veterans, all of a sudden, it sucks that one of the owners of the company happens CEO. to be a veteran. CEO Pete, and it sucks even more that we have a veteran-only discount that only veterans can access. For uh, veterans, but that wasn't that wasn't good enough for them. You know, no, no, that no, was. No. That's not good enough for them. So, um, that was my that was my fun, you know, marketing bit for the for the year uh, for Kings Coast. I, and we're still having conversations. We're probably going to go with one of the the three that I, we mentioned here uh, and do some some podcast advertising. So, in essence, it may not work out the way you thought it would, but <laughs> some great shit happened because of it. So it's always cool I'm to have the conversation. Call me a pussy all you want. I don't really care. <laughs> God, that was a Good weird time. day on Twitter. <laughs> it was like a it was like a car accident. You just couldn't look away from it. Oh no! I, for the first half of the day, I kept hitting refresh, and then I had to stop because I had to. Uh, you had a meeting or done. something. <laughs> I had to get some some work done, but yeah, I mean, it paid off. It worked. I was happy with it. I'd do it again. It yeah, was like a free advertisement. Like we literally. Like, you, Yes, we did. We oh, we got a bunch of orders. We that literally day too. got yeah, we got yeah, and then we had people who were like called you out, and then like deleted the tweet, and then went and made orders, which is really good. Oh, that was one of the guys who who said something. Imagine not supporting veterans, and I was yeah, like, was that guy. yeah, and I said, imagine uh, saying that to a company owned by a veteran. This guy's troll alt account apologized to no, somebody. Oh, that oh, shit oh, killed oh. me. He was like, guess that's egg on my face, and I was like, okay, Twitter egg. <laughs> that wasn't. Uh, me, that was one of our viewers. Yeah, that was a viewer. Veteran in Pete's Twitter profile, <laughs> and said, "You may want to think about what you just said." And then the guy <laughs> screenshotted his order from us, and he's like, "I'm yeah. sorry." It was amazing. I've never <laughs> seen that in my life. Yeah. No, but like when when Dave, like how many? He has like millions of Twitter followers, and he just quote tweeted you. Yeah, uh, like, like, that's the crazy yeah, like part. One and a half million. Yeah. yeah, that's what he does. That's his style. Though. That's what he does. Because what he wants to do 
in a lot of those situations, he'll send the army after you. And if you're still like standing at the end of it, then maybe you can do business. It's kind of his philosophy. It's a shitty way Fair. to do business. Ah, I wouldn't do that to somebody. Battle so instant, you can do it correctly. Instant battle test to your whole audience. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you think you're crazy? Oh, you want to get crazy? <laughs> Let's get nuts. Let's get fucking um, crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it it it, it was. It was fine. That, that, that stuff doesn't bother. It makes Tim uncomfortable. Tim was super uncomfortable with the things people were saying to me, but I didn't care. Kevin was like, "Don't look at it. Don't look at it." And I, I was like, like "Neither of you read it. it." And I was like, and "Oh no!" I was. I didn't. I was like, "I don't care. You guys got it." I was it like, "That's a, a fucking." To go through all of them. I said, "I was yeah. like, that's a backstreet knife fight. I don't want to watch. <laughs> like, I have no interest." The best was they don't like each other's comments either. Like, it was just. <laughs> A litany of insults, and no one else apparently was reading yeah. them or liking uh, them or no. anything. No, everybody, everybody was like, "Oh, and different, and other account, and troll, <laughs> troll, troll, <laughs> and back to my normal day." Yeah, that was my that was my uh, my big marketing move of the year. I was happy about That's that. Fun. But um, you're gonna have yeah, to we it next year. Oh man, who can I go after? I don't know. We got to find someone. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Who can who can I have a social media fight with? Um, I'll tell you who. Yourself. Who you no one will see it coming. <laughs> Why are you so tonight on this? I want to fight myself. Kick? I don't know, man. You're gonna steal your house from yourself. It's probably because he was he was practicing his astral projection while he was being neat yesterday. I was a too no, much astral I'm, projecting. I'm not dealing with, I'm not going to do that to Barack Obama. That man, I believe no. that anyone who can survive eight years of being the president of the United States deserves a break after, well, almost everyone deserves a break afterwards. Uh, that's, almost. that's my philosophy. So like, and that dude's just out there living his best life right now. I would love, love to have him on one of the podcasts or have a beer with him. Cause he's just, he's just done with the bullshit. Seems like a delightful guy. Yeah. I did yeah. the, the always three has. point thing when he was hanging out with with joe and he just no thanks still got it i still would just it. i would just ask him it's like i haven't played basketball in like 15 years will you please demolish me on the court just so i can have that video i want to show it to my children and this is when a former president beat my ass on the court play some and one mixtape music behind it one of the i mean he on fucked that me up <laughs> one of the one of the things we're doing this year, and I'll I'll kind of take you through the uh, through the road. So when we pre pre GCX, what were we? We were a production company trying to break out into that space. I was already having right. people conversation with people like, "Hey, we can do your you know your launch party for your game, like whatever it may yeah, be." We were Those, do like an event planning kind of thing. Game launch parties, fuck. So yeah. that I feel like a forever ago. <sighs> yeah, I mean, yes. That died immediately. So, you know, all of this planning that we had done and you we know had what's crazy though is we had everything. things lined up though. Yeah, we, we were talking like initial conversations going on. Yeah, we were talking to a few a game that released in October that we were talking to them about doing their launch party. Right. So, you know, we lined up all this stuff and obviously it all collapses and with no end in sight. That was the big problem. So many question marks too many and then every so, day turn it on stream hey what's going on with gcx yep oh god so I there's gcx too. gcx like help it helps keep our employees employed it's it's so important to that part of our business we have a a, a small army of part-timers too that work gcx yeah as well so i had to tell them there was no nothing this year 
which is another reason we tried to do the showcase so we could get a few of them working at least. Yeah. Um, so there was that. And then um, our entertainment, this, what you're watching right now, is always something we're invested in, always something we want to build. It is, we operate this at a net loss. Yep. Just yeah. so you fully understand what we do here. For us, streaming all of this stuff is community investment, community engagement, marketing. You know, that's how we look at it. We do not look at this as a way to make money. Uh, the money helps because it helps fund itself and pay for itself. But, you know, that goes back to the Patreon and why we're doing yeah, it. I mean, it gives us the opportunity to experiment, blah, blah, blah. So all of that being said, by the time we came out on the other end of, of all of this, and completely metamorphosized what rare drop was you know jiro's in chat so he's going to chuckle to himself we looked at the website and we're like this doesn't that that's not website's totally wrong now yeah so right now jiro and and chob and and the team are trying to redo the entire website and we broke it out into pieces so basically there's rare drop entertainment which is what you're consuming right now Rare Drop Productions, which has been, we can talk about that. We can sure. go to that afterwards. But it's essentially, you know, what we do for GCX and what we can do for other companies. Then there's Rare Drop, which you'll find out more about in the future. Oh, then true. There, right. <laughs> then there's uh, Rare Drop Development, which is the apps that Chav is working on and a lot of the stuff that's on the whiteboard over here that you're not allowed to see. Um, so that's like what the when the many armed beast if you will looks like and then if you scroll down it's king's coast gcx phoenix down and coming soon so um I like this this is good this is fun right yeah, yeah. 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 motherfucking redacted well that one i gotta finalize that oh man well tomorrow. i mean if we want to talk about redacted there's like three of those are we can we talk no, but, i don't know yeah but they're redacted yeah, I know. I'm just letting everybody know. Like, it's not oh, just okay. one. It's and right. Yeah. Right. Well, there's also the work we just did with. Yeah, of and course. And then the work we're doing next year with. Ooh, next year so. we might get to do. We might get to work with. <laughs> it's crazy. So, um, that's what Rare Drop looks like now going into this year. It is. It is entertainment productions other and, stuff and development we took apart what we were and we found a way to put it back together that made sense for where we wanted to be what would be sustainable pre-covid and what would be a great thing to do post-covid yeah. so we can go back to events in 2022 when people are allowed to be around each other and whatnot that's something we'll totally jump back into but in the meantime you know again our commitments and not firing anybody and honestly at this point now we need to hire people which is beyond exciting because nuts. in six months i went from you know i could lose everything that i've worked for for the past three years to uh we need to get these three jobs filled probably by the summer yeah um and that's exciting to me to to take that journey and and go on that journey was was gut-wrenching terrible along the way pauses in chat janessa you know we helped Help them kickstart Phoenix Down. I will never say we started Phoenix Down because they started no, Phoenix they Down. They started yeah. Phoenix Down. We have the great honor of being involved with them. Yes. I will never yes, I quit. let it be said a different way. No, we we were fortunate enough to um, be there when they needed to get out of the situation they were in. And we uh, had, you know, we were able to get them out. Uh, 
with the plan that we we executed with them and yeah. i couldn't be more proud of that team because yeah hell yeah again, janessa said earlier there there were instead of move over covid babies were covid businesses um, <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> it's good i like that so yeah and i mean like i quit streaming in all of this i yeah. went from i need to stream more this happened in two months i yes. went from i need to stream more and i'm not streaming enough to i don't have time to stream anymore I, I, I started prioritizing meetings and setting up these structures and things, you know, dealing with what needed to be done at the company and putting my stream to the side and took a huge risk for a solid month because I was not getting paid for it yet. Yeah. Um, and, and did all of that to bridge this gap and get us to where we are. And whew, I'm glad that bet paid off. Fucking glad that's over. Well, I mean, like, remember when you were still streaming and you would have a day off to do rare drop stuff? And I, I always always say, oh, no, Kevin's doing rare drop today because my email would just blow Oh, up. my God. <laughs> it would be like Kevin, Kevin would literally send, he would, he would send us a DM and he'd go, sorry about your emails. And then it would go, and it was just like 10 emails. And, and so, like, but, so that's when, I think that's, we all kind of agreed that that's when we knew it was going to work out. I'm a, yeah, no, I, I, we sat, the three of us sat I down said, and I was like, that happened. And I said the next day, I said, if we can't turn this into a business, we fucking shouldn't have a business. <laughs> That's what I said. I, Cause you like, I mean, with right. that much opportunity, like you are, you're kidding yourself. If you have this much opportunity to come through the door and you fuck it up. So I was like, our t- honesty time. Like we are all about to fucking find out. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, you know, I'm a CCer. I love to put people, especially Tim and Ben, on emails. I just want them to see. Tim thinks I need responses to everything. I don't. I just, I just want visibility, Tim. Visibility. That's it. I just want you to see it. That's true. I'm like, <laughs> true. I'll be streaming. I'm like, I'm so sorry, Kevin. I can't play favorite games. My favorite was. I when- started marking streams. I've started marking emails. Tim, do not read this until after you're yeah. done streaming. It's fun because I'll glance over and I'll read it, and then I'd see in the title for the email it says Tim, don't read until after stream. <laughs> it used to have my name too, but now I got better at it. I'm not yeah, the I best, really, but I got better I really try enough. And, I try not to bother you guys unless it's like, hey, no. this is on fire. I need to put this fire out. Um, yeah. You know, and it was it was worse when I was still streaming because it was kind of like collective decisions that needed to be made. But now, <laughs> Janessa what? said you're one of the people that can't be last to respond to an email. Oh yes. no, I can't be the last one on here. Then they know I don't care. <laughs> that's, yes, that's it's him. Me. It's me. That's I totally him. feel that anxiety a hundred percent. I feel him. that deep in my soul. Tim starts every day in DMs off with "I'm sorry." That's not true. Yes, I'm sorry I missed this. Me. I'm sorry I missed all your Discord apologizing. It's, it's not in the morning. It's usually oh, late I'm in the sorry afternoon. I didn't, didn't oh, I'm sorry, Kevin. I'll get to it. It's hard, dude. No, CC is not crowd control in this situation. Oh, my God. <laughs> you gamers. You gamers. Tim hated turning the t- oh, dude, if I turned the test in last, I knew that I was going to get an F. Nah, man, you know you're gonna get an F when you turn that shit in first. Yeah, I never turned it in first. I never turned it in. No, you're like, I feel confident about this. Put it on the table. Uh oh. Yep. Turn around. Everyone else is still sitting. Well, because I missed something. If if the second person doesn't finish it for like another twenty minutes, and you're like, oh, oh, that's when you start sweating. You're like, uh oh. Uh huh. (laughs) Mm -mm. Not in this classroom. 
Mm-mm. So, Ben, I guess what give else? him the the overhead journey of uh, charity stuff. Not even just charity, like how we pivoted to more B two B and yeah. So like that's what we became. One of our big one of the, for me one of the big things that I wanted to do with this things that we had learned from charity and we've been shopping this around every year is like we've learned a lot. And we want to help charities get off on the right foot and do fundraising online. But like, you know, like many other businesses that didn't have the direct necessity of operating online until COVID, uh, it was like an afterthought for a lot of these companies or like the online activations were sort of part of their social media planning. And uh, I don't know if you know anything, but planning a live stream is a little bit different than planning an Instagram post. Uh, so, yeah. you know, when we, when we would get into some of these companies, it would be like, we'd be talking to the Instagram post people and they're like, ah, oh, we don't really know. Um, then COVID happened and, and then we had the marathon and it raised so much money, which by the way, uh, Dr. Lupo this weekend oh, build yeah, against cancer. It's going to be announced that this year too. fucking nuts. Oh my God. That was this year. Yeah, Lupo, Lupo joining Lupo, us. Yeah, right after the Super Bowl, flew to Tampa to have a full-on discussion with us, and we laid everything out on the table. And I thought we, that was last year. No, nope, that, that was, was this year, January. Wow. It hasn't even been a year. And we literally said to Lupo, we just said, "You have poured your blood, sweat, and tears into this, and we think you should have as much investment as we do 100%. into it." And he goes, "He goes, can Sam and I talk it over?" And we go. Yeah, and I'm thinking, okay, they're gonna, you know, go home and talk it over, and they're like, "Could you give us the room?" And I was like, "Oh, oh, the room! You want to talk about it now?" Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, and we're standing in the hallway at the office, like da 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 da. Ten minutes later, not even. He came out and he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna do it." (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like, so, so, like that opportunity is incredible. You know, we're, we're very happy to have Lupo involved in, yeah. on such like a more a deeper level so that there can be better integration across sort of everything that we're doing. And, yeah. and obviously, like, he's the literally the best fucking person on the planet at doing it. So we're honored to work yeah. with him, like, hands down. Um, so, like, we wanted to take all of these things that we learned building, like, essentially like a fundraising mechanism from scratch, which is what a lot of these companies want to do. And so we've been shopping that around this year, thankfully. People are interested in trying to figure that out because it's become a necessity for a lot of these charities to survive is to become functional online fundraisers, Um, which and like, believe me, like this isn't I know that when I talk about business stuff, I'm like a mean, grumpy son of a bitch. But like my heart breaks for all these charities like I I've said it on on multiple calls this year, like I want to find as many charities a home online as possible. Because there's charities everywhere from like the local level, like a food shelter to an international level, like St. Jude, like like they all need online fundraising to work. So like whether it's like a huge organization or a small one, like I always I always want to make sure people know that we're here to help. Um, But if you want it to if you want us to do it for you, like that's not free. I will take emails for free and I always take like the first meeting. I I also tell every charity we meet with the same three things, you know about how we approach fundraising because I want them to know that even if we don't work together, like we are passionate about making the space better. So we always lead with our best. And I say like, these are the three things I would do for your program. 
And you can do them yourselves or you can do them with us or you can think that it's stupid. I don't really care. I just want you to know that like this is what we would like to do to help. And these are the opportunities that we can see for you. If you want to talk about it, email me. Email me again later. Um, I've been I've been in a bunch of meetings with you talking to different charities and the amount of information that you give honestly is is like you you can't put a you can't put a dollar sign on that and they do have the option to just walk away they could literally take all your information and walk away with it but like that's like I think like that one that's a charitable act by you to be able we to give all one, that knowledge that you've learned we saw one try it it didn't go so well no and then, <laughs> and then, they, and then, and then they're like oh <laughs> But yeah, like I, I think that's like one of the big things that you do whenever you talk to a charity. Like I've noticed, Ben, it's like you, you give them way more than than they should get. <laughs> well, I mean, like, like really, for, for me, for me, what I like to the things that I'm running people through are the things that if they had a dedicated person on staff, they would have noticed by watching us sure. over the past six months. Like that's like to me, like that's all I'm doing because if I can show them, if you were up to speed, you'd already know this. It would encourage them to either work with us or fucking hire someone like that's the thing is like it can't I don't give a shit if you work with us or not. But if you're a charity and you realize there's opportunity here, you at least need to know that you need to hire a full time person to start working on it because it's so crucially important. Um, or maybe you operate a small nonprofit. Maybe maybe, you know, somebody that, uh, uh, you know, operates like a city or like a local or a county nonprofit. The amount of money it takes to run like a, a dog shelter for a year, food pantry for a year, education program for a year compared to what we raise for St. Jude is so small that if you even if you as the charity owner found three broadcasters in your city that were passionate about like making sure every kid has a fucking laptop this next year so that if they have to do shit from home, they can mm -hmm. you raise you raise Fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars for that organization, it will change the physical makeup of this of the place that you live in permanently. Mm. Like these are the kind of opportunities that are present online, and I I want to help people find those homes. So thankfully, over this next year, we've we've got a couple uh, people that will hopefully be clients once we get everything you know dotted. We're I mean like like Tim said, we operate in good faith. I like to operate in good faith with charities because, again, even if shit blows up, it's like, OK, I guess they're just going to go save lives like, you know, and eventually once you show your value, people people understand that they want to work with you. And that's I mean, ultimately, that's all I ever want is like if, if I feel like I have to sell what we're doing too much, then either like we're not we're not going to be able to do enough for them right. or they're not like they're not really interested in our style and approach, which is totally OK. Like we we're definitely very focused on community building and things like that. And some folks just want to, to make big moments. And that's the thing. That's another question I ask every time. What's the goal? Is it eyeballs or dollars? Because there's two different ways to approach it. Awareness is important for charities, too. So you have to be willing to calculate against like those kind of metrics. And um, and I think we've gotten a little bit better about learning how to do that this year, too. And. I think we're going to get some opportunities over the next uh, like 12 to 18 months to really uh, do some incredibly unique stuff uh, and and really test a lot of these systems with larger scale and scope and and well, bring in more people from the streaming space. Uh, it's going to be exciting times. This this year has shown us that we like the focus on non-endemic is so important. I think we've learned that a lot. The previous years we focused on 
companies and, and people and eyeballs that operate within the space. Yeah. But now, but now noticing again, going back to the whole pivoting to digital, we've learned that a lot of non endemics need to be able to do this. And so like just focusing on like where, you know, where those dollars lie for charities, a lot of it's outside the space, which is great. It gives us a it, whole new opportunity to do something really cool. If you look at um, this coming quarter one annual, but that's end of fiscal 20 for a lot, you're going to see non-endemic spend more than they ever have, I guarantee you, in the next three months opening 2021 than ever. Because if these marketing teams don't spend their budgets, they will not get them back for the following year. And when post-COVID hits, right, post-COVID hits, everyone's going to want to get out, so marketing will shift again. Yep. And they're going to want that money to to spread it out because they're going to have success with digital. Mm-hmm. But digital is going to take a dip because people are going to get out of their house and do things and travel and get back to normal over the next three years. Um, and when that happens, marketing is going to shift too, but they're not going to want to give up on digital, but they're also going to want to invest back into the things that they were before COVID. So they're going to want more money. So they don't, and the way marketing budgets work, if you don't spend the money, you don't get it back. Exactly. They cut it. So they got to spend every dime. So I guarantee you the next three months, Going into 2021, you're going to see some crazy non-endemics getting into the space. Shit you have not seen yet. Um, Carabas and Co-Carnage doing together. This is weird. <laughs> that would be dope. Co- just Co-Rabas, Fettuccine Alfredo Co-Rabas. on stream. Co-Rabas. Yeah, but, that, Co-Rabas. but that's what I'm expecting. I'd buy some pasta. See, yeah, hell yeah, dude. You're going to see weird companies in the gaming space. It's going to be really strange, but it's going to be really cool. Kevman raises a great point on Twitch. This pandemic has also shown that in some businesses, there's too many people in power who aren't willing to adjust in the digital age. Those people yes. are on the hot seat right now. And because yeah. people are, you can, yeah, yeah. One sec, Ben, and then you can go off. Cause I know you got a lot to say about that. <laughs> um, those people are now getting pressure because the traditional marketing that always worked isn't working. Look at sports. Sports advertising is a whole new animal because there are not fans in the seats for the most part. And even when there are, you're talking less than 20% of your normal um, eyeballs on a product. You know where it went up? It went up on television because even the biggest non-sports fan will sit and watch whatever's on TV at this point because they're done with their Netflix queue. They've plowed through Hulu. And they're tired Um, of news. So sports is like... um, on television and what did they do they took the the bottom row and tilted the camera up just a little bit in football in that first primetime real estate where it used to be seats and it's all ads now same thing with soccer basketball they added more ads to the backgrounds on the screens as you as you know they're going back and forth so what's for the uh, NHL I'm a, too. i want to see what the nhl does this year i, I'm, I, bet, I, you, I bet you what they'll do is the covers that they did for the seats I bet you yes. that would become ad space. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, entire I, lower bowl. And the to me, the thing about all of this is, is that they're like I my heart breaks for a lot of the small businesses, but there are people who are operating in spaces that knew they were on borrowed time for fucking years, and those are the people that I just it's such a hard time for me. They're like, oh, our business, we we can't. Oh, if only we had known. And it's like you're about to like the leadership of some of some of the companies has cost thousands of people their jobs because they just weren't ready to take a product that functions perfectly in online distribution and do it because they were so used to physical distribution and they didn't want to learn even when 
they could have just handed a company Twitter account to their 13 year old and it would have done better than whatever they were doing at the time. It, it's it's, like, it's heartbreaking. And it's proof, again, that if you are a company and you're operating exclusively in the now, you're going to get fucked up. If you're not oh. if you're not planning for like technology, innovation and ideas that are going to exist. See, this is the thing. And I catch shit on this all the time on stream because I talk about shit and I'm like, I think in two years this is going to happen. Um, or in three years, I think this is going to happen. Everyone's like, fucking idiot. And then it happens because it's like a Bitcoin. <laughs> it's an uh, Bitcoin. Hi, uh, Bitcoin. Uh, all time high, by the way. Uh, told everyone to told everyone if they were interested in purchasing it, purchasing it, that the bottom would be around three thousand. Oh my god, he was Ooh, right. Go ahead and fucking look at the history. Ask Tim. Ask Tim yeah. when I told him to buy it. Right at three thousand. <laughs> yep. Um. So, like, I and that's like okay, like the gloating's done. But like in reality, if you're not thinking about like things, like how am I going to deliver content in an AR heavy environment? How am right. I going to innovate content when a, a VR add-on is an expected part of the experience in three years? Yeah. Um, what am I going to do when AR, like when AR or VR on my phone goes from wearing a fucking box on my face to an actual pair of glasses, which everybody fucking wants? That's like the holy grail. A tricorder for medical technology, glasses or contacts that you wear the project directly onto your eye and a neural interface. Those are the three fucking things that are like the holy grail of technology that are probably going to come in our lifetimes. And if you're not planning to adapt whatever you have to include those those types of structures, just entertaining the idea so that if it pops up on the news, you're not like motherfucker brain computers like you can go, oh, brain computers. This is how I think I'd like to operate my company in a brain computer world. And you're going to do better and it's like okay you can think about keeping your money if you want but think about the fucking people to work for you and about how you don't want to fuck it up so that they have to like go find another fucking job that's fucking terrible so many people lost their jobs this year it, it breaks my heart as yeah. like and i mean i spent a section of my childhood with both my parents unemployed and a section of my adulthood being personally unemployed myself it fucking blows and like yeah it's so Please just think about the future. If you're operating a business, if you're listening to this, please think about it. Also, or if you already own the space, don't give it up. Like, how did Skype mess up and let Zoom take over? Because it was Skype. You know, like, <laughs> how do you do that? Like, Skype has positioned itself for the past two decades or a decade and a half. How did that happen? Yeah. Nuts, dude. Discord. It just... Just yeah, Discord, you know, it's just like, you know, Discord blew up, uh, you know, even NVIDIA like blew up it, during during the pandemic. You know, it's just it's crazy. Um, You got uh, if you have questions, too, I think Paul set up a link. Uh, I oh, know in Twitch. It's is there a Patreon thing. questions? No, there's none. Wow. Patreon. Well, they're all just so hung over from having a great time last oh night. God, there's one solely. There's one question, and it's a good one uh, in Slido. So if you would uh, want to answer this one, we can start with this. Uh, did the daunting stress of 2020 provide uh, for any small important victories personally? Oh, Something God. you take into 21 and beyond. <laughs> oh. You have fucking three hours, bro. Um, <laughs> I'm not the same person that I was at the beginning of the year. I'm not physically the same person. I'm not mentally the same person and I'm not spiritually the same person. I'm a different yeah. person now. Um, 
And uh, that is all because I was forced to be inside with my own thoughts, uh, along with some of the crazy shit that happened this year. Um, you know, like I started doing therapy for the first time in my adult life. I got medication and my life under control with my attention deficit disorder. I started taking appropriate care of my Crohn's disease. Um, like I like every single one of these things. I meditate and journal every day. At least I try to like every single one of these things are small changes that have happened for me um, that helped me get in touch with what I actually wanted out of my life. Uh, and so, yeah, I think my life's kind of fundamentally changed. That's me. I overshare, so like, please don't think yeah, that that's I, the I standard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's just all shit I've talked about on stream, and I figured yeah, we could I, archive well, you know, it the here. Stuff that I've talked about on stream is is like for me personally, it was just like just getting like for me my health under control. You know, like you know, like mentally and physically, like I definitely like I put more thought into myself because this was my thirtieth birthday was this year, so that was kind of like that was a weird thing. I don't know why I felt like so immortal in my twenties, and as soon as my thirtieth birthday rolled around, that's all I could think about was like other stuff. Um, of like, what's next? What's going to happen? And so it was just like, that was hard. Um, and so like for me this year was a lot of just like, it was, I think it was a lot of personal growth of just like getting me under control, you know, taking care of mental health, taking care of myself physically. Oh, you took care of yourself physically. You yeah. Damn Tim. Time. Yeah. Damn okay. It, Tim. Tim. That vein is so close Tim. that vein, Tim. It'll get there one day, Tim. <laughs> that there. vein. Uh, I still have a ways to go with, uh, me um but uh, i this is gonna sound crazy and it's gonna sound weird but quitting streaming was the best thing i did for myself both mentally and professionally mm. uh it was a crutch to be honest i miss the interaction with people i miss being able to finish a video game in 11 days tim shut up about valhalla um, <laughs> i haven't finished it you're fine <laughs> but um mentally and professionally, it was the best thing I could have could have done. Um, to say I was burning the candle at both ends is an understatement. There would be nights I'd be texting them at, you know, eleven forty-five, and Tim would wake up at five, and be like, "Oh, you were still up working." I yeah. go to the gym, uh, you know, and and Ben would answer me because Ben's awake then. Yeah, I'm um, awake but... till like one or two. <laughs> I know we got pretty now. solid twenty-four hour coverage. <laughs> you guys are gonna be fucked if when I have a kid. So there's going to be nobody on overnights <laughs> fucking Garrett or maybe or maybe I'll be one of those motherfuckers who just never gets to sleep. Oh, you know, no, no. you need you need to sleep. No, you need you, to sleep. It, it's not that bad. You'll be fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, you just you, you're up. You don't get a, a full night's sleep. That's that's what it is. Ah, trust um, me, with enough weed, you'll get enough sleep. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was mine. It was it was uh, it was my ability <laughs> to. Uh, even just see my kids more has changed me immensely uh, as a as a person personally, you know, spending more time and not feeling like it's all just flying the fuck by because with my oldest, that's how I feel. It just it just flew, you know, yeah. time flew and, and I wasn't I wish I could have been there more. I don't, I don't think you'll ever hit a point with your kids where you're, you're comfortable with the amount of time you spend with them, especially, you know, as a working professional. Um, so uh it was that and then professionally you know it revitalized my psyche to take over this role with rare chop and king's coast and then jump into the shit and and get get things done you know get getting fucking messy 
getting Phoenix down uh, what they needed to get up and running was such a rush for me and so exciting. Uh, and now I'm we're working on this deal with and I can't wait to finalize that and show you all what that looks like. Um, you know, and, and even taking the concepts that we took to charities and now I'm out there shopping at B2B direct, you know, on for-profit entities, you know, I'm not even doing it with, with charities anymore. So it's, there's such an advantage. That's the cool thing. And and I, I'm really appreciative to St. Jude for trusting us because we got to, because we did, because we did well with not a lot from them, right? Like the first year we raised half a million dollars didn't cost them a dime. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the years, like we always said, like St. Jude invests in the event. That's why we want to pull off the best event we can. That's why we like to keep the mar- margins and everything as clean as possible. We've gotten to learn a lot with them. And it's incredible how these things that are incredibly effective in fundraising, like because of how we approach marketing and fundraising, like everything's a the business, they translate perfectly like one to one. Um, into for-profit businesses, which is super cool. Speaking of super cool things, Kevin, do you want to tell everybody what that giant screen you took a picture in front of was? Or technically, I guess I took a oh, picture yeah. of. Tim, uh, I also yeah, text yeah. I text you some pictures of you looking you did. nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We uh, we were introduced locally to this studio here by uh, our friends at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, you know, a lot, I'm, I'm of the mind and this, I extend this to all of you. If you're in chat, if you're listening to this after the fact, if you're watching it on YouTube, I'm always down for a conversation. If I find something, you know, interesting, it may at first glance, I may not see any synergy, but if you're doing something cool and I, you know, there's some long shot that we can work together, screw it. Let's talk. You know, you're, you're worth at least one conversation. Um, so he said, hey, I don't know if there's any synergy here. I want to introduce you to Tim. His name's Tim uh, from the <laughs> studio Diamond View. Yeah, that doesn't get confusing. No, I it's not Tim's confusing at all. In my life. It's true. It's you a do. big fucking mess. Yeah. So um, they were like, you should meet Tim. So uh, we met with Tim uh, and he showed us his really, at the time, what we thought was really big and really cool. Uh, screen utilizing the same technology that they uh, used for volume, which is where they filmed the Mandalorian in Los Angeles. Yep. Does it have a name? I think it's called the volume. Is yeah, that what I thought that was the name of the studio in LA. Just uh, like theirs is called oh, view. No, I don't remember. Yeah, it actually had, it has a name the entire, like the 360 degree screen setup has a name. Yeah. For it. So, and he was raving on about this new space that he had. And, you know, we were throwing, stuff at the wall and seeing what could stick and now you know we have this project that we're working on and where we're making and you'll be able to see that sometimes next sometime next year as well um this is fun i like doing it's this fun but uh the tech is called the volume if the tech is called the volume then it's it's the same exact tech there's some slight variances ben can give you uh what they are when they have I'm, very when I'm the intro. very cool technological cha- uh, alterations they made against disney's design that i think are fascinating oh so yes so uh, we went for the first time on Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. to the new space. Yeah, to the new space, which literally is an old department store. And like a mall. we walked in and when you walk in, you see the side of that screen and you saw how small I was standing in front of it. We could not believe it. And then just the simple idea that the second you turn that corner and you see that you're like, I have the opportunity to work with the people that 
have this and this is 20 minutes from my house yeah in yeah. tampa florida it's crazy yeah, mind-blowing it yeah it's like 600 600 uh, panels it's 8k yeah, by 4k yeah uh, and, and it uses and it uses um it uses vr tracking technology and within the unreal engine it's doing real time i actually got to watch the tech demo of how they take their screen that they have inside physical space and within digital space they place it inside an, uh, a digital environment and then their computers are doing real-time rendering with uh tracking points they have on top of a red komodo so it's this tiny little tiny little camera that has a uh it has a, a vr tracker on top of it and then it's using a bunch of different types of tracking points uh, around the the room to figure out where it's located. And then it's just rendering within that scene. Um, so then they're using just light manipulation from the ceiling along with scene manipulation in the background. And then they're doing everything within the physical space using the background within digital space. It's wild. It's, it's some of the coolest technology I've ever seen. It is absolutely amazing. Um, and the way they've engineered everything, and I don't know how much how much of this is proprietary or not, so I won't get into like mega details. But like they 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 have engineered a product to be like a version two of the setup that they have at Mando. And like obviously, like we don't know what they're using and shooting on now. Um, we just know what was in that documentary. But they they sort of watched that, saw their product, saw what they had, and decided to iterate a little bit different. Uh, in a little bit different fashion that allowed some some alternate and uh, in some cases maybe more ease of use friendly uh, like structures yeah. for filming. Uh, so it's it's really cool. And they are close by um, and they are like and, you know, like they're very interested in, in doing things in the gaming space and working with the Unreal Engine and, and trying to find ways to feature this incredible piece of tech they have there in the gaming space because they'd love to. And look, if you're listening and this sounds dope. And you own a company uh, and you're like, man, we should maybe do commercials down there. You should. Uh, it's Florida, so it's less expensive than wherever you're shooting. And this is cutting edge tech that's not available pretty much anywhere also, else in the entire world. And it's in, and in, it's COVID safe. Yeah. In a pandemic, like your your ability to minimize the amount of people on set, the the amount of travel you're taking is huge. Also, it's Florida, so it's cheap as hell. Email so, me. Yeah. Yeah. Send an email. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. So we're going to be working with um, them. We have some initiatives that we want to follow on our side. They have some stuff they want to do on their side, but uh, it's not a partnership per se, as much as, you know, uh, projects that would have common interests. Yeah. Shared projects. Uh, and, yeah. So, uh, but you know, when, when you go to our website, when it's done, you will be able to see their studio in the production side because we have the capability to access yeah, uh, you know their studio for shoots and whatnot. So. so we get to say that that is part of our production capacity because they <laughs> they they requested that we do that. Yeah, which is Tim. Other Tim was totally cool. Crazy. Yeah, they were like, "Oh yeah, no, that sounds great. We would love that." So incredible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just making those relationships, having those conversations. That's what I do all day now. That's that's he's very that's good. My at calendar. Kevin it's just chit chatting with people all day, and then. You know, if it comes time for a sales pitch or, you know, we get into super technological stuff, that's when I bring the other two in because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to that stuff. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's been it's been cool. I'm, I have two contracts on my desk right now for uh, partnerships that we're entering into for. Other things. <laughs> I'm trying to say it without saying it. It helps us what we're doing strategy wise is we are trying to 
grab as many pieces <laughs> as we can for this the industry we're in uh you know the gaming live streaming world we're trying to make it a one-stop shop so when you come to rare drop you know as an entity as a partner even as a broadcaster to some extent you can we can run the gamut with you and and build out whatever you're trying to do so if you are in the digital space and you are trying to succeed we want to be the tool and the folks that help you succeed that's that's basically it and that's why the charity stuff has grown that's why the b2b stuff has grown that's why we're able to have these discussions and partnerships because now as we build our portfolio the word gets out people start talking to each other they talk about rare job we sit down in a meeting now this is the most flattering thing it's fucking crazy and this has been really exciting i've spoken probably eight charities this year and every single one of them knows who we are and that means the world to me because it's like shit like i we have busted our ass for years now and the fact that in this short amount of time we are able to be known by these people they're coming to us you know other people are making introductions these are the ones you want to talk to because they've done all the stuff for saint jude it's pretty awesome it's pretty cool um and i hope it continues i really do i i think 2021 because of all the pivots we made in 2020 will be dumb stupid awesome i don't know yeah that, yeah, that sounds there's, good. there's some stupid awesome. There's some cool stuff that we've been planning that hopefully we get to implement and do. Um, it's it's fun to it is fun to play similar games at different at different levels. Like yeah. it's it's been it's been really cool to look at charitable fundraising from all these different lenses this year, even though it's all been online because we're here all the time. You know, we can you we can see the nuance, like the difference between what a, a like a local no kill dog shelter would need and uh, an international charity would need. And the and here's what is amazing in my mind is that because people know who we are, we get a lot of inquiries. And even if we don't get to work together, it's really cool to send these charities off and be like, I'll tell you who would be great to talk to like these streamers because they tweet about this subject like all the time or like go over here and talk to these people. And then to see things come out of those conversations later, it's fucking wonderful, man. Also, I laughed earlier because Chef uh, Buddha in the chat said, give it four years and the the 4K by 8K giant screen wall will become part of Lupo's (laughs) setup, which I I actually at this point wouldn't be fucking surprised. He'd have his 10 P it'd be the 10 PC setup. You know, he'd have a special PC to capture the panorama. He's probably talking to Tim about it already. Is he talking to you, Tim? Like, hey, was bud. was hey, he? Bud. Did he see the picture no. and go, "Hey, Tim, I need that. Thank you." No, but he, we 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 did talk about his <laughs> rotating camera when he first had the idea. Ooh. Um, uh, can take another question. Uh, again, questions in in Twitch chat. I don't know if we got the pinned comment in Facebook, but in Twitch chat, it's questions. Anonymous asked, "The last few months during the pandemic, I've found myself having difficulty looking forward to the next day." What helps you guys wake up every morning? Oh, um, well, uh, anonymous. First of all, I just want to say you're not alone. Um, no, even with all no. the things that we have had going on this year, I have woken up many days thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Um, I mean, I've sat in this chair and like cried multiple times before I hit start streaming. Cause I like, wasn't fucking sure how I could do it that day, you yeah. know? And I'm not saying that as a sob story. Cause I realize I have a very great life. Um, but those moments were what made me realize that I had places that I, I felt that I needed to improve. 
um, or that I chose to improve about myself. So it's, I think it's a struggle for everyone. I mean, this is a, I think that psychologically we don't, we don't really understand how heavy the price of being socially isolated is, especially for some people, like depending on how you like to live your life, being stuck at home can be excruciatingly painful. Um, and so I try to be really empathetic to that. Like you could have a great life um, and more than you could ever need. But the fact that you can't see anybody and you have to stay in your house, make you go bonkers. That's 100 percent legit. Like that's like the theme of a movie about someone going crazy. <laughs> like, you know, like so. So we're we're all going through a lot. And and one of the things that has helped me like wake up every day is, is recognizing that everybody is, is going through the same year. Everyone's had the same experiences. They've had to live through the same news cycles. Um, obviously we all live through these things with our varied and incredibly different perspectives, but everyone flat out has had a strange year. And so if you're feeling weird and you're feeling, and this has been long, okay, it's a whole fucking year. It's long. So if you feel like, God, have I ever not been like this? The answer is probably and almost unequivocally, yes. You have not been like this before when things, when you could go outside, when you can exercise, when you could see your friends, when you had normalcy um, and when you had routine. And you'll probably feel much better when routine returns. So I think for me, and I tweeted about this the other day, learning to have patience and compassion with yourself as you are learning how to survive this Um whatever that means for you, uh, it's incredibly important. And it's, and it's very, it's, it's important because when you understand how to extend that compassion to yourself, you can extend it to others and help them too. Uh, and I think that that, that's been another skill that I didn't even realize I hadn't uh, fully, I guess, practiced until this year was that the practice of being compassionate towards myself. So that's me. That's what I got. I, um, I've had a unique perspective as well. Uh, you know, as a parent, mm. uh, who is doing remote learning for my middle son, um, and you know, with a, with a not even two year old at home, uh, challenges obviously arise. My wife also <clears throat> works from home through all of this. So, two people trying to work from home and, you know, raise a family at the same time while also trying to basically be teachers uh, has had its fair share of challenges. But while I was still streaming, I realized something that made me appreciate my situation. And that was that I do have my family and I'm not stuck by myself, which a lot of people had to experience for months on end. So uh, I have tried to put that in my in in front of me every time I'm like, you know, done with my kids and, and don't want to be in the same room as then because they're driving me absolutely insane. And it's like, well, at least your kids are here uh, yeah. and they're healthy and they're happy. So trying to shift perspective away from my life could be better and could be easier to, well, appreciate what you do fucking have uh, has been my way of, of viewing 2020, honestly. So uh, being appreciative and chain enforcing my perspective into a place of being um, grateful has been my, my reason for waking up. You guys killed it. So 
That's what? it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, that's, that's a, that's a weird question for me. I, I don't really know. I mean, I, I do have, I do have drives and aspirations. So like, that's what helps me get up in the morning. So, um, I guess like for me personally, I guess, I don't know. Like that's a, that's a, that's a hard one to like, I guess really put into words for me personally. If I were to look at your life from the outside, I would say that Ooh. the thing that I watch drive you a lot is, is discipline and habit which you have in yeah. spades. And I think that there's a lot of power in discipline and habit. And in people where it manifests very strongly, you, I, I, there's I not a me, reason, like right? Like there, you're yeah, just, this exactly, is what I just, do. Right. And when I, like when that cadence is broken, it really throws me out of whack. And so like, that's for me, you're right. No, hundred percent. I am definitely someone who has a schedule and like, that is what gets me out in the morning. And uh, I think that's, and that's what I strive for is like, you know, perfecting that, you know, the perfection of that is just what I enjoy. And I think that's fucking dope. I mean, that's that's what I and I, I think that that's like that's incredibly valuable, right? Like people like I talk a lot about the way that I approach things because I'm like a very intellectually and emotionally driven person. But my solutions to things aren't the fucking like we talk about this on stream today. Like, like I know the shit that I believe is a little bit wacky and a little bit out there sometimes. And and like that's OK for me because it helps me function. And I think yeah. that everybody like arriving at these different answers I mean, I, I strive to have more discipline because I see how helpful it is for you, you know? Yeah. So, like, I think everybody can benefit from those different approaches. I guess for um, me, that seems, like, so so cut and dry. It's just, like, that's almost, like, robotic at that point. It's just, like, no, it's just my schedule. Gets me yeah, out. and that's fucking yeah. discipline, and that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. My schedule is chaos, and I guess I just thrive in chaos at this point. That's yeah, you do. On, and I'm, I'm not joking. I'm being dead serious, you know? My ability to see a white empty day on my calendar before i go to bed and then by 10 a.m it's my you know how i do all my colors so i can identify things yeah my day is just a rainbow of appointments by 10 a.m you know i also think that comes with the territory that i took on was you know I you have to, i couldn't have your job no it well it also comes from events too because right. you guys know what is the one thing i say before every gcx I said, if you ordered a red carpet and it's green, guess what? Everybody's walking on a green fucking carpet. Yep. Because that's the adjustment you have to make mentally to get yeah. through whatever event you're doing. So I think because of that upbringing or experience that I've had, I've been doing events for uh, in two years or 20, 23 years. I've been doing events. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I started, I was a teenager when I started. Because it was it was in the family, uh, you know, stocking shelves at some New York, uh, some place in New York City, and a pasta warehouse, paid. Kevin. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> the first company I the only for good was pizza place there. Oh, God, I don't want to say I don't want to say the name though because uh, uh, I definitely was being paid under the off the books and then under a false name at one point. That's so. fine. Um, That's fine. That's business you know, in New York. Years, 16 year olds aren't supposed to work 38 hours a week. So I was wondering um, who Vincenzo was. Yeah. I, I, even, even, you know, even, even comparing this whole situation of this year to my experience in New York, um, I guess seeing tragedy and identifying it and working through it. Yeah. The last big one for me was 9 11. Uh, and living and working in New York was an absolutely horrifying and terrifying experience. And I could go on about the 
terrible things I saw and, and where I had to work and what I had to do, but that's not this. It's more of I'm in college at this point and you know, I get the opportunity with my job who who is feeding all of the emergency services. We turned from an event company, event planning company into a full-blown catering company. We were hybrid before that. And when 9-11 hit, we just, we got the city contract and, and the owners just ran with it. Feed everyone. And, and I'm talking, we had to do this within 18 hours of, you know, the first plane hitting the tower. Wow. So that adaptability to do that was life-changing because I ended up working 46 hours a week and maintaining my second year of college, second, first, first year of college. Um, no, second, second. It was the beginning of my second year of college. Um, maintaining that all throughout, you know, and I got my associates and everything, but I also was able to buy a brand new car cash <laughs> because I was Overtime. working so much. But that, that, and I'm at this point, I'm, I think I was 19. So early on, <laughs> I was thrown to the wolves to just fucking survive and thrive in chaos. And, you know, people see me at GCX. They love to make fun of the fact that I'm an asshole. I yell, I scream. Uh, but that's just how I learned to do the event. That's how I learned to execute. That's how I learned to get things done. I, I, I you know, being around in these huge pressure situations, like I remember doing the Fox up fronts was when, uh, when they used to take over the entire pier in New York city and they would, um, ah. do, do uh, all the new shows lineup for that fall and you know getting screamed at because I was late be- I wasn't actually late I had a stomach ache that day and you just you don't miss you don't miss the upfronts you don't do it it's just you don't do it so I was out in the side puking into the the, <laughs> the off the pier uh, and then running back inside but nobody knew where I was for 20 minutes so I was late <laughs> Uh, you know, but that's, that's the chaos I was born into. That's how I thrive. That's how I operate. I try and make it easier for my employees, but I know I'm a huge dick. So sorry, Paul. Sorry, Alex. Kevin tries. I don't mean to be. (laughs) You have made, you have made improvement and you will continue to make improvement. (laughs) I I think so. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned. We didn't have an event this year. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. 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 True. (laughs) Well, that gave you time to reflect. I mean, you guys weren't there when I when when the thing didn't happen, and poor Alex and whoever was standing around him, and I kicked the sign across the fucking floor. Oh my god! Were you there for that? No, you guys. I don't think I was there for that. Uh They wrote they wrote the wrong thing in the sign, and and I'm not gonna throw anyone under the bus. They wrote the wrong thing in the sign. It wasn't my responsibility. So Alex was explaining to me what happened. And I literally with people around, maybe some of you saw it, but I said, and this is why nothing gets done. Cause I didn't do it my fucking self. And as I said it, I punted the fucking sign Damn. and walked away. <laughs> that was uh, an 18. Didn't Oh no, a 17. When I threw the walkie talkie, were you there for that? Ben? I, I, yes, I was there Couldn't for the walkie talkie throw. Couldn't t- oh, it wasn't working. Like the you ripped it out working. of your ear and threw it across the floor, and somebody <laughs> after- went chasing after it. I remember this. <laughs> I screamed, "Can anyone fucking hear me?" Because I was trying to get in someone at a station. No one answered me, so I just chucked the walkie-talkie, which we didn't own. Nope. Across the room, and then I've yes, those before they're good. Somebody went and got it for me. Yeah, 
<laughs> but that's just who I am. That's how I was how I was brought into the business. And it's funny because in 2020, you're like so not supposed to do that shit anymore. Uh, it's very taboo to act like that as a boss. But um, events to me are a different animal. I don't. I, can't I feel like everyone in the events industry has the exact same. See what my like wife. The says. whole. The whole. What is your so dramatic? I live with this. I need a raise. Done. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, like Kevin, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like everyone I talk to that does events, like I, you get in a room with other event planner people and you all have the exact same story. And then like, even the employees, if the employees are there, it's like, it's like hangout time. They're like, I remember when he fucking screamed at me this one time. Cause like I had a bike tire, but it was 18 inches and not 17 inches. And he told me 17 inches like for forever. And he screamed at me and I screamed at him. And then I threw the fucking, I threw the goddamn bike tire through the wall and then we both laughed and got a drink later. Yep. Because it is yep. such a fucking pressure cooker. I, 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 I feel like, um, I feel like from talking to people in the events industry, I almost feel like there's a healthier relationship with your emotions because what's crazy is you see a moment like that. And then there's like this clarity right afterwards, as long as nobody is a shithead to it's another person. Right. Right. Um, there's a moment of clarity afterward where everybody figures out, okay, like this isn't working. This isn't working. Fucking this works. Cool. Let's do it. And then everyone's happy. And it's nuts. I I look at it almost like you're, it's a live performance, but you're completely dependent upon everyone else. And it's not like you have to remember your lines. Right. You are completely dependent on everyone you surrounded yourself with for the entire planning process to execute your Mm -hmm. performance. That's the way it feels. So there is plenty of times where everything feels like when the, the rigging lit on fire in 2019. Uh, I, I don't know if people know about my, that. My So if you remember, there's a point in the St. Jude keynote with um, Professor Broman and Dr. Lupo, and they, we, they had to be ushered off stage because some of the rigging, like a spark lit and caught on fire. One in a million chance, nobody's fault. Of course, I happen to be right there. So I start freaking out, and Ben is, like, apologizing to the parents, like, oh, don't worry, they'll take care of it. And I come stomping by, not realizing there's kids sitting there, and I'm cursing up a storm, and Zach from St. Jude's like, Kevin, 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 Kevin. And I just keep walking, and I'm cursing, and I'm rounding the corner, and I got my walkie-talkie, and I'm doing that really asshole thing that you're not supposed to do. The crew's like up there on the scissor lift, and I'm just standing there staring like this, tapping my foot, like you better fix this. You better fuck. As we're like moving patrons like outside from the and Zach like so scissor lift. Zach so gingerly comes over and he puts his arm around me. He's like, "Hey, you kind of just said a lot of bad things in front of the kids from St. Jude." And immediately in my head, I'm like, "Oh, sick! You're having a meltdown over a small little electrical fire that's contained in front of kids who have faced a life-threatening disease." A hell of a Maybe perspective you should check. go apologize. So I go over back to parents and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Da, da, da. And one of the mothers goes, don't worry. It's nothing he hasn't heard. At home. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't know she said that. That's yeah. Uh, yeah it's totally reassuring. I love so. that. I felt a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Something I've learned about myself this year is I, I you know, I learned that that I needed to stop trying so hard like Kevin's to Kevin's point about like ideas happening when you're not trying as hard. Yeah. Like I learned that 
if I try to force all of this creativity out of me, I like it runs out. Yeah, it runs out. And when it runs out, it's f- ugly. Um, and I don't know how to handle it because I can't fucking do anything anymore because people ask me a question it, that requires like any creative input at all. And my brain's just like, I don't know, fucking throw shit at it. The thing with creativity is <laughs> it's nuts. It, it, you, a lot of your good creative ideas come from, you know, other things that influence you yeah. over the day. And it may not be when you're trying to be creative. The other thing I've learned about creativity is you need to make time for it. Yeah, you have to make That's time what I was going to say to isolate yourself and sit down and say, okay, let me brainstorm on the thing and come up with ideas. When we wrote the, the thing for what we're working on with diamond view, uh, I had to take a whole bunch of old stuff that I had and thumb through it. And then took a, a little bit each day to go through it and go, okay, what makes sense? How do we piece this together? What does this look like? put a rudimentary thing in front of all of you and, and the rest of the crew and said, here is my mess of an idea. <laughs> Let's chip away at it and make it, make it better. And we did. So uh, those are the two things. Creativity, you got to make time for it. And then the secondary part is even if it doesn't come to you, then that doesn't mean when you're in the shower, you know, Tim after the gym or something and you go, Oh, 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 okay. And some you of know, my best ideas have come from us from the gym. Yeah. Yeah, I uh yeah. yeah. I think for I, me for this year, I had to learn like from a business perspective is self-wealth and knowing that I am valuable. Hmm. Um and then also being okay with taking a risk. I think was like the two big things for this year. Um like knowing just like personally like for me like with my own stuff and then like for us like as a company like being like it's okay to try something. And if it doesn't work, it, that's okay. And it's and it's okay to focus on multiple things. Like not putting all of your eggs in one basket was really really to. important. And like and that's something that I learned. Like that's I think that's something that I learned really quickly this year was like diversifying whatever it is. You know, whatever you're doing, whatever it's personally or you're working, you know, within a company with other people. Um, not being so hyper focused, I think, is really important. And I think we're starting to see that more and more, Kevin, as we come to the end of the year going into next year even adding to that you know looking at my whiteboard is one of the most daunting things i do because i spent a few months ago just writing everything we need to get done out projects little stupid things that we need to get done and today i raised four things off of it and it felt really damn good but what what the process was was what is the one thing i can tackle today what is the one thing on that board that needs to get done whether it's priority whether it's i'm feeling it creatively today or, you know, I know this is something that Ben or Tim is very focused on. What is the thing that I can get done today? And not hyper-focusing, essentially, but just taking that one item, isolating it, almost moving it away from everything else and saying, okay, this is the thing we're going to do today. Yeah. Um, that's how I've been trying to spend my my time. Also, learning. Learning's been, this has been a year of, of education. Jesus I, by no Christ. means, haven't figured out yeah. whatsoever. Uh, and the more I dive in, the more I realize it, you know, I got uh, the company, a masterclass account that we share across Kings Coast and Rare Drop. And I have just lately, I've been going, I just took Bob Iger's for the second time. And I have five pages of notes from it that I'm going to form into an email for everyone to like pose questions and ask about culture. And what does that mean? And, you know, as we negotiate new ventures and stuff, what, how, how do we, it's, it's, it's crazy. So knowledge has been been a big thing this year 
Yeah, I I think um for me it's been it's been very interesting to learn uh I learn by like watching other people do stuff. So it's been very interesting for me to see how a lot of these larger organizations have had to make a pivot to online. Because when you watch that shit, you can see value opportunities if you know how to do it better or if you just know how to do it different. That's the thing. I, I think and this is something I think is especially important to say on Twitch or in any environment that's competitive. Um there are a lot of different ways to do any particular thing. Some of them with the same level of efficacy, but with completely different approach. And I think a lot of times we get focused on the approach and we think that the only, uh, the only way to improve is to just simply use the same approach, but have a better result. So win, but in reality, there are multiple approaches to any process. So sometimes a separate approach approach can be a, a win, but it's because of the approach. It's, it ends up being a completely different type of success. So uh, I, I think moving away from this idea of like this beats that, this kills that, and moving this mentality of like that's an interesting approach. I wonder what would happen if they approached it this way. Um, and for me, a lot of my best ideas come from like watching somebody's completed strategy and then just moving it around in my head. Like what if they did more social? What if they did less social? What if they did community building? What if they what if they went with big splash marketing? What if they went with trickle marketing? Like what if they what if the messaging was composed this way or that way? Or what if the primary driving factor for all of it was TikTok instead of Twitch or YouTube? Um, you know, and you know, from all of from all of that, I feel like we've got we've built a really at least in my head, <laughs> and and by virtue, like I think we have some very interesting systems at the company that we can sort of turn on when we need to be creative. Because um, to me, uh, what's cool is previously when it came to art, um, there was a singular approach, and it was you had to be the master of one thing. You had to be the best painter. You had to be the best sculptor. You had to be the best whatever. Because there's so much AI, so much automation and so much like uh, equitable distribution of like these free tools um, due to the Internet. Sometimes in order to be the best artist when it when it comes to a given format simply means, you know, more total tools than someone else. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that one of the big approaches we had this year was making sure that we as a company got access to these tools. Um, that we know will be valuable and important to us. And anytime we as a company felt this isn't in our strong suit, we looked for somebody else who was very good at it and said, would you, you know, like basically walked up and said, we would love to do these things for you. Would you be interested in working together in a long-term partnership that benefits you more than it benefits us? Um, that is because that's how I feel. Like, I don't like we have our stuff going on. I know what we're good at. I don't want us to have to start doing things that we suck shit at if we don't yeah. have to. Yeah, we're 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 finally aiming the arrow where it needs to be. That's what it feels and like. It feels right and it feels good. Um, you want me to burn through these questions before we get out of here, Ben? Yeah, we can. We got to wrap it up in like seven. So, all right. Uh, Josh said, "I'm in the military and would like to get more military folks incorporated into events as well. Let me know if this is an option or I'm not seeing them. If you're talking specifically about GCX, uh, we've worked with military groups in the past. We worked with Op Supply Drop. We've worked with uh, what's the other one? Stack Up." Um, and offered them complimentary passes. They haven't taken me up on my offer the past few years for, uh, I mean, I've given away 300 passes to military vets at an event. We 
feel strongly about supporting veterans. So absolutely, uh, I would love to continue that. So um, if you want to sidebar with me and hit me up via email, Kevin at rarejob.co, by all means, go for it. Uh, but uh, I would, you know, I'd love to talk to Steven at Sack Up again and see if maybe in 22 or something we can get a whole bunch of vets to join us uh, on the house. Uh, this one's fun. Anana said, what's the best marriage advice for a newlywed? <laughs> Have lots of sex. Have as much sex as you possibly can. Physically. Yes. You're, you, should, you should be at the point where, you know, when you're done, it looks like LeBron before a game when he's got the chalk. Like. <laughs> Everybody's all dried out. Poof. Yes. Poof. Yes. Yes. Um, in all honesty, that is correct. But um, trust is the most important thing in a marriage. Without trust, there is no marriage, in my opinion. Uh, so however you govern trust and however your partner governs trust uh you need to maintain that protected at all costs uh okay. and and not break it that would be my my honest to god good. answer as they say with trust it's easy uh it's easy to break and hard to whatever the fuck put that put back together hard to mend hard, hard to, to mend yeah. yeah 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 eloquent tim they called me in high school Anybody else? You said it. Uh, no, I think you hit the nail around the head. No, I mean, I, I think my, like, to echo what Kevin said, I think communication is super important. Talk about everything. Talk about how you're feeling. Talk about what you think. Talk about what you think, especially if something's irritating you, okay? Communicate it. Because I'll tell you what, nobody is fucking psychic and nobody can stop doing something that's pissing you off, okay? If you're living together, unless yep. you tell them. Yeah. Also, flip side, if you think you might be pissing your partner off, Talk to him about it. Hey, did you, did I piss you off the other, I do that shit to Amy all the time. She fucking hates it. I'm like, hey, did I, did I say something the other day that like make you upset? I said this, did that. She was like, oh no, I was just hungry. You know, but for me, if I wouldn't ask that question, I wouldn't have known that like I was completely misinterpreting the situation. And if I say some shit that bothers her, she asks me later, hey, did you mean this this way? Um, and, and I think that's really important being able to have honest discussions about the words that you choose to use. That was like a big fight for a lot of things that I saw growing up. Like, it's like I can't believe you talk to me that way. Well, this is how I want to talk or like whatever the fuck. If you aren't willing to adapt your vocabulary to somebody that you supposedly love and want to spend the rest of your life with, you should maybe reconsider how deeply you care about that person. I, I would, I, you know. Just making more space for somebody else in your language so that everybody can talk about how they feel is incredibly important. So that's that's probably my best piece of advice. Uh, 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 when is Tim going to shave his head? I wouldn't touch that beautiful mane that man. Uh, he's not going to. That's not going to happen. He's got too much no, hair. No, no. he's going to be an old silver fox with a six pack. Yeah. Yep, agreed. He's, he's gonna, gonna be, be he's gonna be uh, uh, ultra daddy by the time he turns <laughs> sixty. It's gonna be fucking gross. He's gonna be the in those the selling the fitness DVDs as the old man. Like, hey, you can be a, a, a hey, you lazy twenty year old. Want to look like this sixty year old? Time to fucking get off your ass. Yeah, I said DVDs. We're waiting for him to with come back. Tim's, with Tim's new new workout plan, wake the fuck up. Wake the fuck up and work out. Dude, That's I've it. Seen, I've seen studies where male, like male peak physical, like their physical peak is until they're like 40. Like it's easier for a 40-year-old guy to get like ripped and be shredded than it is for a younger guy. It's weird. Oh, that's cool. 
That could happen. Oh, I'm gonna look hot. <laughs> all right, this is the last one. Uh, what inspired you all to stream and start the businesses you did from those careers? I want to help people. Streaming started as a hobby simple. for me. Yeah. yeah, I think started as a hobby for me, and here I am today. That's kind of the journey. Streaming for me was an it was a, a an outlet for me. It was it was my escape from my depression. Uh, I wasn't really I was in a really dark spot. Ben, I talked about this on your podcast. Um, I was in a really dark spot, and so so uh, streaming for me was an escape. It was for me. It gave me it gave me a brief moment in time to forget about everything else that was going on in my life. And so, and, and so to that point, that is how I kind of view my stream. And you'll hear, you'll hear me say that a lot is like, you know, just giving you a couple hours of your time, just, you know, so you can forget about what's going on. Yeah. For, for me, it was, uh, the hobby and then, uh, kind of saw the opportunity to do more with it. Um, and Corey and Ben really pushed me early on to keep pursuing it and supported me. So that's why I went for the partnership and everything. But quickly, I realized that I was walking into a market that was rather oversaturated then uh, and tried to apply it to what was happening in my life. So DCC had formed that year and all this stuff. And then once Rare Drop became a thing, it was always, how can I use Rare Drop to make longer sustaining opportunities than broadcasting? Because I, you know, my my stream was great and I had a blast, but I you can't support a family on what I was making on streaming. I also didn't put the time in that that everyone else did, so um, I was fortunate to have what I had. But uh, Rare Drop was always my thing and my baby, and uh, just kind of growing that and having the opportunity to work with all of the fine folks that we've worked with over the years has gotten us to that point. Yeah. So I I tell a lot of people that stream. Um, and George from Leviathan tweeted this yesterday, like, look for the ancillary opportunities in broadcasting. If you're a broadcaster, look around. There's so many opportunities right now that have to do with broadcasting that don't yes. include broadcasting yes. that you could be missing. And that's what your future could be. And that's what could keep you in the industry and a part of all of this. But you could be doing so much more than just trying to be a broadcaster. So I'd, I'd like to I'd like to I'd like to back that up. Uh, and say like you have no idea if you have been broadcasting full-time or part-time for multiple years you have absolutely no idea how powerful your fucking skill set is and when shit opens back up and everybody needs a goddamn live stream manager or they want their social media managers to know how to live stream more than they know how to do fucking anything else you have already prepared yourself for like a 50 to 70 thousand dollar i don't know this these are midwest numbers right okay because i'm like that i live in a fucking city like whatever adjust it um, but like you're going to have a, a comfortable full time position being being offered to you um, because you know how to do it. What do I need to buy to do this? Boom, 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 boom. How do I stream? What do you want to do? 30 FPS, 24 FPS? Do you want to do 60 FPS? What bit rate do you want? Do you want it to go out to multiple platforms? You want to go out to one platform? All of the shit that I'm saying to you makes sense. If you walk into a small business with 100 employees that's never done digital before, you're going to sound like like a deity. You sound like 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 you've just descended from heaven. Um, we do. We do this in B2B all the time. And we we look like geniuses because we know this. And it's it is just what you do every day. So like this, your, the skill set has matured to a point that it's in demand. So yep. like you can go out there and get a job and, and to just go back. Like I started streaming because I wanted to create a place for like people to hang out. 
and have fun. And, um, and, and I realized, you know, and what got me into streaming was charity. I realized that you could also make it about other people. And for me, I think that I've made my best content when it's been about making community and when it's been about having fun and, and, um, and just like enjoying that experience and helping people. I am happier helping people than I ever tend to be helping myself. Um, and so like the, the fact that I've, for me, that streaming has been able to, because it is so dynamic, it has been able to start um, a, a charity event that's raised millions, over $10 million for a charity that we've been able to start a coffee company that is uh, able to do, you know, equitable and intelligent purchasing around the world to create economic lift for people that I might never get a chance to meet, but I know it's the right thing to do. So we do these things and we make the world a better place because it's the right thing to do. Um, it's really, to me, every day, you know, when I'm having a good day, I, I feel deeply grateful for the fact that this silly thing that I started to do in my living room back in Missouri just to hang out with my buds has turned into something that can affect people internationally is humbling and incredible. And so uh, I guess to put a nice bow on it from myself and everybody here at Rare Drop, we are incredibly thankful and grateful that you have decided to spend your time with us, that you've spent any time with us this year at all. If you are a Patreon supporter you have an we have a, a unbelievable amount of gratitude for you. Um, and, uh, you know, I, for me, uh, I appreciate you. I don't know if Kevin, Tim, if you have a particular project you'd like to to push right now. But this is usually when I tell everyone to pitch their shit and then give their outro. Tim, um, I mean, for, for us at Rare Drop. I think the big thing is uh, just to keep an eye on the website and you can check out our Patreon, you know, patreon.com forward slash rare drop. Uh, we yes. got lots of different tiers, lots of really cool stuff there, um, especially as we go into next year. Um, mm. I think that's going to be a really cool place uh, to be. And uh, you can find me over at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash darkness429. And uh, thanks for having us, Ben. Yeah, oh, thanks for being Thank on. You, ben. Yeah, for me, uh, if, if and I mean this in all honesty, and I, I know I joke and we've we've read stuff online and or on stream and whatnot but if you legit have an idea you legit want to shoot your shot and it is i don't mean hey i'm a graphic designer can i have a job i mean you have an idea you have a business something that you think there's synergy with rare drop or anything that we've discussed tonight kevin at raredrop.co not.com kevin at raredrop.co give it a whirl the worst thing that happens is said hey i'm not interested you know we're gonna pass on this uh, but you never know. Um, the more people I talk to, the more opportunities come my, uh, our way. So here's your chance. Kevin is opening up his emails. There you go. <laughs> it's shoot your shot season. But let me tell you, you better shoot it right. Otherwise, you'll end up memed upon. Yeah, you don't now that Pete now that Pete broke shot. the seal on that. It's going to be way harder to be like, don't fucking do it. And everyone's gonna be like, I don't know. Uh, this interaction, this got really, I feel like people would like this on Twitter. Like, so please, please, please don't make yourself get memed. I love you. I cannot stop them anymore. Okay. <laughs> this is me being honest. I can't step in front of the train. Train's going. No, we've I've been encouraging them to do it. More. <laughs> just, just do it. It's true. <laughs> I can't stop them around. anymore. I can't. Now my DMs are. I am for, the nicest one. 
You I know you don't email. fucking believe me, but I am the nicest one. No, Look at Tim's face. Nice. No. no. Look at Tim's no, face a, right now. He's, he's worse than I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Ah, Kevin's like, what do you mean? I always thought Tim was considered the nicest Tim one. Tim is the nicest one publicly, but when everybody's like, let's roast this fucker, I'm like, <laughs> think about their off. feelings, and they're like, fucking, they got the goddamn barbecue sauce out already. And I'm like, think about it. They're like, I don't know. <laughs> this could be the tweet. I just hit send. Like, you know, like, that's what fucking happens. End it. <laughs> End it. <laughs> the King's Ghost line. Just send it. Send it. Um, yeah, so, so that's just a warning. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's been an incredible year for the, for the bro man podcast. Thank you for tuning in to episode one, two, three, which is hilarious. Cause I don't know. It's, it's like a Sesame Street episode for like, yeah, it's a Sesame Street episode. This, this, uh, this episode has been brought to you by the number one, one. It's how many times you can shoot your shot wrong before Kevin roasts you. Um, thank you so much. For tuning in today, uh, as always, I'm incredibly grateful if you're listening. If you want to comment or you want to subscribe to the feed, that's incredible. But more importantly, if you thought about anyone while you were listening to this, please send this episode to them if you feel like they could learn something or if they might want to be involved with something that we're doing or you think we should be involved with something they're doing. Uh, this is a nice intro of uh, about what we're all about. So thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you very much. I'm going to slam on this, this music and talk to you later. Bye, chat!